This is Right from the Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Aaron Taylor Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? <laughs> As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you. Bringing interviews, inspiration, and information to encourage, refresh, and equip you to embrace the deep, to find your truest story, your truest message in the deep places. You can get the episode show notes, lots more information and encouragement, and your free audio download, Five Crucial Ways to Safeguard Your Writer's Heart, at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, y'all, there's something exciting happening with the Write from the Deep team. Yes, there is. So one of the most common struggles for writers is the tendency to doubt themselves, to wonder if they're good enough, if they're wasting their time, or maybe even if they misheard God when he asked them to write for his purposes. But you know what? You can stop those damaging thoughts in their tracks and replace them with truth. Yes, you can. But we know it's not easy. We know it's not easy. But it's crucial to undergird your writing journey and your life with words of powerful, freeing truth. And so, because we've heard from so many writers about this issue, we've created a resource for you. It's our second Going Deeper workshop. This online course will help you understand the power of words on your heart and mind. What's more, it'll guide you in identifying your own personal damaging self-talk, recognizing lies and replacing them with the truth, developing the mindset you need to eliminate negative messages, discovering the connection between feelings and the words we speak to ourselves. Right, and so much more. This is packed, you guys. So how do you sign up for this workshop? It's super easy. Go to writefromthedeep.teachable.com, or you can click on the link in the show notes. You know, so go to that website. You can scroll down and click on Overcoming Damaging Self-Talk. That's the name of this particular workshop. And like I said, we'll have a link in the show notes, so it'll be easy peasy. You'll find 16 different audio segments with material we've expanded through our discussions with writers, through our research, and through our conference workshops. Because we believe this material is so important, we're offering an introductory price of $49, and that special will last through the end of August. So jump over there. Yes. And also, thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks to our patrons on Patreon, to all of them. We are so grateful for your support. And special thanks to our August sponsor of the month, Bobby Updegraff. You can find out more about another important cause that she sponsors at friendsofrenancer.com. That's F-R-I-E-N-D-S-O-F. R-E-N-A-C-E-R dot com. I love this, this guys. They work with children in Honduras and they help young adults transition from a life of poverty to adulthood. So it's a great cause. And so thank you, Bobby. And now here's, here's the, the show. show. Welcome, writers. Welcome to the deep. We're glad you're here with us. We talked in our first podcast on footholds, that was number 94, The Danger of Discontent. We talked about what footholds are and why we need to be so aware of and careful about them. Well, today we're going to look at another foothold that can open the door to the enemy and grant him access to our hearts and minds. And that foothold is our spoken words. Now, we all know that words contain power. They can breathe life or death into the world and into the lives of those around us. They can uplift and encourage, or they can tear down and destroy. Words, especially our spoken words, 
don't just go out into the world and have no impact. God makes that clear in Isaiah 55, especially in verses 9 through 11. Listen, and this is talking about his word. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from the heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so it is that my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now remember, we're made in God's image, and so this this next part applies to all of us. Right, because we can rework this a little bit and apply it to our own words. What if we were saying, you know, so are my words that go out from my mouth. They will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I spoke them. Here's the trouble, though, guys. Too often we speak words not fueled by a desire to water the earth and make it flourish, right? So often our words are fueled by emotions, especially negative emotions. And what happens when we speak those negative emotion-fueled words? They will not return to us empty, okay? Right. They will accomplish what we desire in the moment we speak them and achieve the purpose for which we spoke them. But guys, they're not good purposes. It is not a good thing. It's not for not good for us. It's not good for others. When we let emotions fuel our words, we use the very gift God gave us, words, to sin. So we need to consider where it is that our words stem from. In Matthew 12, 34, Jesus says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus calls us to a higher standard, not just with our words, but with our hearts that birth our words. Listen to what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. In verse 21, he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Oh, yeah, right. So we can easily say, great, I'm in the clear. I haven't killed anyone today. (laughs) But Jesus knows us too well, and he follows that right up with, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So let's take a look at what can make our words sinful. The first thing that can make our words sinful is when we allow words out of our mouth that stem from anger. Angry words too often contain violence and are dishonoring to both God and to his creation. Now, of course, anger in and of itself is not a sin, so long as it's anger at things that anger God, a righteous anger. But when our anger comes from our self-focused emotions, and when we let those emotions build without seeking God's work through it, it can become a cancer in our hearts and our spirits. And it can lead us deep into sin, such as when it goes from anger to rage or violence. And that violence is sometimes in actions and sometimes in words. I mean, think about James 1, 20 through 26. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, folks, that's Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. 
So did you catch that? Our human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. There's a word planted within us, though, God's word, and that can save us, but not if we don't control our tongues, okay? Our religion is worthless. These are hard words, guys, that we need to take to heart. And don't forget about um, Ephesians 4, 26 through 31. It also says, similar, do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Guys, when our words stem from those negative emotions, they can grieve the Holy Spirit. Did you ever think about that? Mm. They can grieve the Holy Spirit, and they give the devil a chance to establish that foothold in our hearts and minds. And even worse, guys, those spoken words can give the devil the same opportunity in the hearts and minds of those to whom we speak those angry words. Now, we may think that what we say to others doesn't really have that much of an impact. And if we say angry words and we apologize, then everything's okay. But there was a writer's conference several years ago where a woman came up to me. And what she said to me really stopped me in my tracks. She said that we had talked at a previous writer's conference several years before. I didn't remember the interchange, but she said that what I said to her was profound and that it changed her life. It changed the direction she was going in her life. Now, I couldn't remember what I'd said to her, but it was so profound for her that it changed everything. I believe that in that particular instance, God was in control, obviously, and used me to say what she needed to hear. But here's the deal. In the same way, when we say something in anger, those words can bore into a person's heart and spirit and change their lives. It may be something we just toss off, but it can have a strong, profound impact and not for the better. Consider Ecclesiastes 7, 9, where we're cautioned, do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. Don't be mm. a fool. Proverbs 16, 32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. Nice. You want to be mighty, you want to be powerful, you want to rule, then rule your tongue and rule your anger. Because friends, anger can be a powerful weapon against others when we let that spark words that hurt and destroy. And when we do that, we give the devil an opportunity to form a foothold. So what else can make our words sinful besides angry words? How about careless words? Oh, yeah. Right? When we when we write something, guys, we're so purposeful when we put it on the page. You know, like that book is going to be out there for a long time, right? So we analyze our written words. We edit, we revise, and we want to make sure it says exactly what we want it to say and that it's very clear in communicating what we want. But let's face it, we are seldom that careful and purposeful with our spoken words. In fact, guys, in today's world, people seem to be more careless with words than ever before. But remember Ephesians 4, we're warned not to let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. But guys, listen nowadays and hear what you, what's going on out there. It's criticism, it's sarcasm, it's obscenities, and they're everywhere, even yeah. among God's people. And all of that is unwholesome. Webster defines unwholesome this way, detrimental to physical, mental, or moral well-being, unhealthy. Mm. And the second description is corrupt, unsound, offensive to the senses, 
loathsome. And those mm-hmm. things come out of our mouths, guys. So when I was younger, um, because I've always been good with words and I can use them to uplift, I also was very quick-witted. I'm not nearly as quick nowadays. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of half there. I'm a half-wit. But anyway, I was very quick-witted, and, and I used to use my words in sarcasm. I would make a sarcastic comment to almost everything. And you know what I finally realized? Though I was saying it to be funny too often, people took that sarcasm to heart and were hurt by it. I really had to fight to not let myself go there. I had to fight to not let my mouth just come out with these things that I thought were hilarious but could potentially hurt somebody. We've got to be conscious of words and how we tend to be careless with them. Right. And the same goes, besides sarcasm, the same goes with profanity. It has Mm -hmm. seeped into everyday conversation, even among believers. You can't even watch television. Right. (laughs) Um, A lot of people will say it doesn't matter. But again, it does. It's clear. It matters to God. It matters to us. It doesn't belong in our lives. Look at Colossians 3.8, okay? This kind of language belongs to our baser earthly nature, and it doesn't belong to our new nature in Christ. So Colossians 3.8 says, But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And according to Matthew 15.10-11, foul language defiles those who use it. It says, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. Don't just listen, but understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. So the bottom line of careless words, no matter what kind they are, sarcasm, obscenity, whatever, is that each of us will have to give an account of our words. Did you know that? We'll either be justified or condemned by them, according to Matthew 12, 34 through 37. It says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of the judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Mm, Right. So another potential foothold for the enemy, another source of sinful words, are those that stem from contempt, from from pride and bitterness, because those kind of words give the picture of our heart. And guys, it's not pretty. Here's what <laughs> Romans 3, 13 through 18 has to say about people who speak such words. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit, the poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Man, that's bad news. So let's go back to Matthew 5.22. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So why is the judgment on these kinds of words so severe? Well, because what's in our heart when we say, you fool, that's judgment. It's pride. It's contempt speaking. It's us saying, I don't value you or I'm better than you. Right. There's nothing more arrogant than that because all people are created in God's image. He values them. 
They belong to him. We have no right to place our own judgments ahead of God's truth. Judgment belongs to God, and we need to trust him. Just because someone has insulted us or hurt us or, you know, cut us off in traffic, whatever we consider wrong or unforgivable in the moment, that doesn't give us the right to speak words of contempt or to let ourselves become bitter and judgmental. I got news for us all. We are not (laughs) perfect either. Here's some... uh, Uh, 37, 7 through 8, it says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. So the final potential foothold that we're going to talk about, the final source of sinful words, those are words from the enemy. Now, wouldn't you think that shouldn't be a problem for a believer? Right. I mean, shouldn't we be able to just ignore him and not listen to what he whispers into us? But but for some reason, we're so attuned to what he has to say, to the lies that he whispers into us. And what's more, we so often take those words on, turn them into negative thoughts and negative self-talk. In fact, negative self-talk is so prevalent and so damaging and so pervasive that Aaron and I developed an online workshop called Overcoming Damaging Self-Talk. And the purpose of of us doing that workshop is to help people completely get rid of negative self-talk. Now, I know that's not easy, but guys, it can be done. Right. And if you guys want to find that workshop, you can go to writefromthedeep.teachable.com and then just scroll down to our courses and you'll find Overcoming Damaging Self-Talk. We'll have a link in the show notes, too. So how do we practice mindful speaking now that we've talked about all these places, these terrible things in our words? How do we change that? How do we ensure our spoken words don't stem from any of those potential footholds? So first, the moment you start to let such words escape your lips, stop, pray, seek God's truth. I know that's hard. Pray, especially that God will help you do that. And then second, in place of those words, speak God's words. So for example, in place of anger, you could speak peace. You can make it a prayer. Uh, you can adapt this from um, somewhere like Romans fifteen thirteen. You could be like, God of hope, fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in you so that I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Instead of hurt and speaking out of that hurt, speak restoration. Think about Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. In place of pride, speak appreciation. To do that, focus on what touches you about other people, the good things in them. Focus on seeing Jesus in others, you know, especially for those of you like say say you're married, you know, and your spouse does something that irritates you. I bet you anything that if you stopped and focused on something, what was a reason why you say maybe married that person, you could think of something you appreciate about your spouse. Speak that. Yes. Instead of criticism, which we're so quick to do, speak about God's delight in the people that you're watching. If they do something that you think needs to be done better, keep your mouth shut. Instead, say, I really love how you did ABC, or it just touches me to see you so happy in what you're doing. Speak God's delight. 
Right. And in place of fear, focus on confidence. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Amen. I used to struggle a lot with fear and I would have trouble sleeping. And God gave me Psalm 4, 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. And I would say that over and over to myself at night. And finally, fear just went away and I didn't have to deal with it. Instead of talking regret, all the things you wish you'd done or you wish you hadn't done, instead of any of that, stop. And praise God. Praise him for the path he's brought you on. Praise him for the way that he's been present and shown himself to be real. Speak praise for Almighty God who cares so much about you that he knows every aspect of your life and is at work to bring about his will in you. And in place of discontent, focus on gratitude. Psalm 107.1 is great for that. And it starts with, give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. No matter what, guys, his faithful love endures forever. And instead of thinking and talking and speaking about yourself, think, talk, and speak about God, his goodness his character. The minute you start to think you're all that, stop and remember who you are in Christ and in God. And without them, we're nothing. But with them, we can do anything. So focus instead on God and his truth. So I know all this is hard and making these kind of changes is difficult. But the good news, guys, is you don't have to do it on your own. Yay! We're going we're <laughs> gonna to end today with an amazing promise from God that's found in Ezekiel 36, 25 through 28. And here is what God tells us. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Because then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We hope you found it helpful. And if you know someone else who needs this podcast, please share it. You can find backlist episodes and lots more resources at our website, rightfromthedeep.com. Yep, we'd love to connect with you guys there. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen. Amen.